podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. I'd like to comment from Omaha, Nebraska. Yo, it's Rig One. Futurely, formerly, currently, selectively, specifically north of Maple. You're listening to the two-headed nerd comic cast. And we're back after a week off. I don't know what to do. What about episode 47 of THN where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, December 28th? My name is Matt Bum. Do I point my mouth at the roof? Point your mouth at the microphone, idiot. And when I'm not explaining to DJ over here that gossip and hearsay like John Byrne threatening to kill himself in eight years is not only news, but just the kind of yellow journalism our listeners love, second only to gay and fart jokes. I'm writing about and appraising comicsworkpoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online. And when I'm not fighting to maintain our high standards of journalism, balanced with a steady torrent of gay and fart jokes, I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, THN reviews The Witch Doctor, the resuscitation one-shot from Image, and Batman Incorporated Leviathan Strikes one-shot from DC. We're Cheating! talking about comics from this week and last week, folks. After that, we'll review ten comics from this week and last week in the ludicrous speed round. Then, we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum while pungent incense will guide our astral selves into the future to tell you about next week's comics. And we'll wrap about our review of Who is Jake Ellis, the Trade Paperback Volume 1 in our Take a Look, It's in a Book segment. But before we get to all that bullshit, let's take a minute to congratulate my fantasy football team, The Quiet Storm, on a strong third place showing for the second year since I've joined the Gentleman's Club. Smoke on that, J-Bone, if you're listening. And then we'll talk about this week's big news. Brian Hitch has been steadily counting down to something on his Twitter feed recently, and though the countdown is still four days away from completion, at least as we record this, the artist has revealed that the New Year signals the end of his decade-long exclusive relationship with Marvel. Which is kind of shocking. Yeah. Yesterday, Hitch said, quote, In two days' time, an amazing decade at Marvel closes for me. Marvel has been building to an upcoming Ultron story in the Avengers titles and their Point One special, and Hitch's involvement in that project is no secret. Avengers writer Brian Michael Bendis confirmed Hitch's departure from Marvel in a post on his message board, adding that the artist's work on the upcoming story is already finished. Not only is that shocking, but the fact that they felt the need to point that out. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the giggle part. Bendis said, quote, I have known about Brian's plans for months. And Tom, that's probably Tom Brevoort yeah. at Marvel. Tommy. Tom and Tom Tommy. and I, here, Tommy. Tommy and I were prepared. <laughs> Brian has done amazing work on Ultron War and is leaving Marvel on a very high note. He leaves the book with his part of the story completely complete. Completely complete. Come on, you're a writer, dude. <laughs> completely complete. Now we'll know more about the artist's next move when the countdown hits zero next week, but. That hasn't stopped people from speculating. Writer and artist Ethan Van Skyver seems to think Hitch's cryptic tweets point to some future work on a Batman title at DC. Matt, what do you think? Uh, is it going to be another Batman title? Mm. It's not going to... I no. mean, like, really, who's he going to replace? That's the real question. Uh, no, Who does he replace? Ed Brubaker was tweeting at Hitch later today that was like, your typo is totally making people think things that aren't true. <laughs> So, like, they're reading into things that he basically just auto... His iPhone auto-corrected something. And My guess is that Brian Hitch is moving on to make real money in Hollywood or something. You know, he's going to, like, do some real artwork. Not to say the comics are not real artwork, but they don't pay quite as well. My, my, my theory is that he's going strictly create our own, much like Mark Miller did. Right. And so it's probably not that we won't see his work at Marvel, but it would probably be, you know, Icon... 
or something uh, that Mark Millard puts out through his company. Quite possibly. If he can get it done on time, I'm in. Yeah, I mean... That's my biggest complaint with this guy. His art has changed a little over the year. I used to love him more than I do now. I'm, I'm not, not in love with Brian Hitch yeah, these days. Yeah, I'm not as crazy as, he, as I used to be about him. But maybe he needs something refreshing. A maybe creative needs, recharge. Right, and boom, we can get great Brian Hitch art again. And, you know, I whatever it is, I'm looking forward to it. If it if it's uh, a change in scenery is good for anybody after sure. a, 10 years sure. in the same place. So good luck to you, Brian. In Hollywood news, TV director Alan Taylor, best known for his work on Mad Men, The Sopranos, and Game of Thrones, has taken over as a director of Thor 2. This follows news from earlier this month that former director Patty Jenkins, writer and director of the 2003 Monster, which I just don't understand how this even happened, <laughs> had left the project over, quote, creative differences. Creative differences. There are no hard feelings between Jenkins and Marvel, however. When news of her departure broke, Jenkins said, quote, I have had a great time working at Marvel. We parted on very good terms, and I look forward to working with them again, which I would say, too, if I ever want to work again in the industry. I have a long love of <laughs> because superhero Because Marvel films. is such a Hollywood heavyweight. Hey, buddy, they make money. I have a long love of superhero films, and I've been saying over and over again to my agents that I'd like to do one. The Marvel guys are so brave in terms of who they chose overall, and I don't think they had any pause about me being a woman, which is weird to bring that up. What do you think, Joe? Is Taylor a better fit for Thor 2? Well, I think she mentions that because that was often there were a people, point of discussion. Yeah, there were people online saying, well, she's a woman. Much like when DC relaunched 52 and didn't hire all female writers, you know. Well, you know. I, I, Girls are so stupid. No, yeah. I, I, come on. <laughs> Thor, that was a joke. That was a Thor joke. Thor is a movie about gigantic uh, Herculean dudes that hit each other with hammers. Sure, I mean, come sure. on. Um, is is Taylor a better fit? I don't know. I mean, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I have seen Game of Thrones, and it is totally awesome. But you would definitely agree that Game of Thrones is much closer in content than female serial than killer movie. Female serial killer movie, where they made a who is it? Not Ashley Judd. Who is Charlize it? Theron? They made Charlize Theron ugly, and she won an Oscar for it. She did. That's right. She went. She went. Full and it was ago. a good movie, and she's probably a very talented director. It was just a weird name to throw out there. It just seemed kind of out of the blue. It's true. And boy, when uh, when she left Thor, Natalie Portman was so mad. Yeah, she kind of freaked out. Yeah, she and then got it all sounded upset. like it sounded like other people were like, "Nat, that's not the story exactly. You just yeah. simmer well, down there, I mean, chipmunk." This isn't. Uh, this isn't. A new thing. Like, ever since Marvel started... Yeah, directors change all the time. No, I mean, but ever since Marvel started helming their own movies, I think they have kept a very close watch on keeping things at least very close right. in tone. And maybe she didn't have the freedom she wanted, and they said, well, And look. that's fine. And, and I'm fine with that. Go do something else. That's great. If, if her vision, if she wanted to do something different than what Marvel did, that's not a scandal. No. That just means they couldn't no. agree. I mean, that's why Favreau left. Exactly right. But I, I think this Taylor guy, I need to get on some Game of Thrones. So yeah, you do. Um, I'm interested to what see you, what he can bring to the nerd. table. Come on, <laughs> it's a little too rapey for me. <laughs> Finally, after a couple of weeks of sad news, we're happy to end 2011 on a happier note. Nobody died. Yay! <laughs> it was a big week for two comic legends as Stan the Man Lee celebrated his 89th birthday on the 28th. And Jim Lee, no relation, announced the birth of his new daughter, River Charlotte Lee. Just Named a, after Firefly? What do you think? I don't know. I'll bet. Just I'll a day earlier. The younger Lee reported on Twitter that both the baby and his wife, Carla, are, quote, doing great. We here at THN would like to offer our best wishes to Stan, Jim, and all the other Lees out there that might be listening. Congratulations, you crazy kids. Hey, Matt. 
Did you know that people are tweeting at us live as we record? That is correct. We are going to send out a tweet when we are recording the show, and you guys are allowed to tweet at us, and as long as it's not rated X, we will say something about it on the show. Joe, read our tweet. Our first tweet comes from Lugosi6. I love it. Who asks, well, first of all, he says, been loving the podcast. Hey! Thanks, Lugosi6. Hey! He asks, if you could only read one title of the new 52, which would it be? Go Batman. to your head. Don't think about it. Go to your head. I'm Aquaman. Batman. All right. There we go. Hey. There we go. That was easy. That was fun. Moving on. Thanks for the tweets, Lugosi. That's it for this week's big news. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page where Joe and I have officially forgiven comicbookresources.com for what had to be a complete oversight when they didn't mention us on their list of comic book podcasts and professionals. Have we? Completely. Review time is here, and as always, Matt and I had a drinking contest where we sucked down this monster eggnog Matt's brother makes with lighter fluid, and Matt's burp made the biggest holiday fireball. I thought you had a stroke for a minute there. Was I, I actually had to burp in the mid-sentence. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I'll go first. I read Witch Doctor, the resuscitation one-shot from Image Comics by Brandon Seifert with art by Lucas Kettner. Here's your solicitation. You wake up in a bathtub of ice with surgical incision on your side, but the hospital says you've still got two kidneys. What? Where do you go for a second opinion? Where else but Dr. Vincent Morrow, the witch doctor? Summer's medical horror smash returns with a tale of black magic and organ swapping. And it's a great jumping on point for new readers. Like the solicitation says, this is the next in the series of Witch Doctor books after the very successful miniseries with, that we reviewed and both really liked. Re- Loved we talked it. about issue one anyway. Yeah, we talked about issue one. And this, I just reread the trade now that it's come out and it's it's fantastic. Really fun stuff. This book opens with, like it said in the solicitation, also a guy waking up nude in a bathtub with a large incision on his side and a post-it note on his forehead <laughs> that reads, don't worry about that it. That was great. I totally <laughs> loved that. So they instantly reset the tone of the miniseries. It it's, it's very much in the same vein. It's a lot of fun. Very funny stuff. Very witty. Seifert jumps us right back into the weird house meets Doctor Strange world of the witch doctor. And this, it's a self-contained story. It worked really well. A lot of fun. And I gotta say, the last time we reviewed this, I was not crazy about the art. I didn't say it was terrible, but I wasn't crazy about He's it. sad fool. That said... Kettner, the artist, wasn't bad, but he looked like an artist that was coming into his style. It definitely looks like, in this book, it looks like he's there. The, this this comic looks great. He's developed this really gritty EC comic horror feel to the book. And the colors by Andy Troy make everything look absolutely creepier and grotesque and disgusting. <laughs> this book That's true. looks great. Kettner hasn't come a very long way from where he was. But he has really improved. And see, now I disagree, not with the fact that he's improved, but with the fact that he wasn't. I like. I loved the way the last book looked. I thought it had a very Bernie Wrightson esque uh, totally quality agree. to it, and this continued that. And I really enjoyed the. Visual. I love the way the last one worked too. But I, I put these side by side. I sat down with issue one of the miniseries and this issue. It looks better. Mm. He's improved. It really does look great. It's got this very Silver Age feel. I, I like the Bernie Wrightson comparison. I would uh, throw a Mike Plug comparison in there as well. There just really isn't anybody else out there drawing like this. Mike Plug. I like Mike Plug. Did man. you have to look that up? No. Okay. I like Mike Plug. You All jerk. Right. He did a bunch right. of Ghost Rider stuff. I loved him. All right. Seifert's writing is hilarious. The story's full of a little uh, like occult tidbits here and there it's sort of like hellboy with an even better sense of humor 
you know, tons of pop culture references, and there's even a cute little love story in here. Yeah, yep, that's true. I really liked the new character. Yeah, she was fun. At you got 32 pages here of no ads for 2.99. This is a very solid value. I'm glad to see there's more coming next year, which they gave you a little teaser. Yeah, what's going to happen? Best part about it was the announcement that there would be more. Yeah. If you didn't read the first miniseries, go pick up the trade paperback. It is available now. It's excellent. This book was also excellent. I can't wait for more. I'm giving it a buy it. Joe Patrick. <clears throat> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I I just came off of rereading Witch Doctor Volume 1. And uh, this was such a welcome treat. I wasn't even aware that they were putting out a new one. And it was such a pleasant surprise. So I'm giving this a very, very strong buy it. I'm your witch doctor. Got the evil eye. Before we get to you, Joe, quick Twitter update. You know we only have four of these so yeah, far. Dude, we got to make them last. We we're rolling it. They don't know that. They can think we have a million. All right. Our next tweet is from our buddy Kush. Kush3, who says... I can't remember if you've talked about it on the show, but have you read Moriarty? If yes, do you like it? Yes, I love it. I love Moriarty. It's fantastic. Now, I'm, I'm behind on it, but I am really enjoying it, and it's a great story of like Moriarty after the death of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, man, it's great. And so now he's the hero, and it's just a ton of fun. But we're not talking about that now. Now we're talking about Joe Patrick's review of Batman Incorporated what? Leviathan Strikes, written by Grant Morrison, art by Chris Burnham and Cameron Stewart. This was from DC Comics with a whopping price tag of six ninety nine. Whose review is this, this anyway? Is yours, buddy. Take it away. In the sensational, giant-sized one-shot spinning out of Batman Incorporated. This is your solicit, by the way. Joe Patrick didn't write this part. <laughs> you don't need to say that. They'll get it. In this sensational, giant-sized one-shot spinning out of Batman Incorporated, Batman realizes to his horror that he's been outwitted as the true identity of Leviathan continues to elude him. Is his deadly adversary an old foe with a grudge to settle? A new face of evil or something completely different? Ooh. Only one thing is certain... You won't soon forget the shocking ending. So this book, like Matt said, was a six ninety nine one shot from DC. Came out last Wednesday. Yes, and uh, so it's essentially what would have been the last two issues of Batman Incorporated Volume One had the book come out on time. Yeah, uh, and as such, it takes place before the DC reboot, which shocked me. Yeah, it totally shocked me. Yes, and if you're looking for some kind of explanation as to how it ties into current continuity. You are not going to get it here. Because it doesn't. Not a, a they, mentioned, they mentioned Oracle. You've got Stephanie Brown yep. as Batgirl. I mean, like, there's all, all kinds of weird stuff. It's true. The lead story is uh, a Stephanie Brown story, and she's still serving as Batgirl. And she's going undercover at an evil all-girl school run by Madonna, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, and Rihanna. Essentially. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> the art in the lead story is by Cameron Stewart, and of course he nails it. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that Stewart is a gifted artist. Dude is amazing. Yeah, and he just does a really great job here. Uh, now, this is primarily Stephanie's story, and it for me, it was really great to see her back in action, because I'm a big fan of her character. But weird, man. Super weird. Yeah. I get well, it. Listen, I'll get to that. Okay, we'll Hold, get to it. Just we'll get to it. Put a cork in it. All right, I'm passing gas. <laughs> So when Batman does show up at the end, Stephanie still gets the ultimate moment of triumph. And I just really, really, really enjoyed the lead story. I did love, though, Batman's entrance into the story. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't really want to spoil it because it was just so fun. But it was a great Silver Age moment. It's one of those great Silver Age moments that Morrison has gotten really good at. Yeah, like the villains discover something that they realize is awry. 
And then all of a sudden, Batman. <laughs> it was just really awesome. Uh, the revelation of the school's true headmaster ties into the story that Morrison has been weaving since Batman Inc. number one. It's all Leviathan. Yep. It's all Leviathan and it's all creepy Professor Pig and a lot of weird End of the world nonsense. kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, it, but the, the, the lead bit, at least, was a straightforward action story and it had great art and I loved it. Uh, the second story is illustrated by Chris Burnham, and it is even more gorgeous than the first chapter. Well, I'm going to be mentioning Chris Burnham next week on our best of yeah. list. We'll get to that later. This story is the final thrust of the Batman Inc. Uh, story for Volume 1, and it features, among many other things, Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Oh, yeah. Every member of Batman Incorporated to date. Some of which who uh, may, <laughs> may or may not murdered. exist. <laughs> yeah. The betrayal and redemption of El Gaucho. The mind-bending trap of Dr. Daedalus and the revelation of the true face behind Leviathan. I think it's Daedalus. It's Daedalus because it's, it's spelled... I know, but I think it's It's spelled Daedalus. different on purpose. Daedalus. Go on. I just, looked it up. Hey, n- no problem. You continue, dummy. Okay. <laughs> now, this story was a little bit more Batman R.I.P. Grant Morrison oh, yeah. than Batman and Robin Grant Morrison. I found it a bit hard to follow in parts. Wackadoo. Uh, but in the end, it got me really excited to see where the series is headed next year. Uh, Chris Burnham's art is just, it's insanely detailed, and he shifts from style to style, sometimes on the same page. Yeah, the guy's crazy. And I th- love it. Yeah, I mean, this guy is going to be like a superstar. Now, at the very back of the book, there is a handy Batman Incorporated primer for everyone like myself that had a tough time hanging on to all of the series' various story threads throughout the year. Yeah. I found it very helpful. In the end, I kind of just gave myself over to it. I understand it doesn't tie into continuity at all. At least it doesn't tie into the current continuity at all. But it did serve as a nice end cap to the previous volume. Right. And as such, I'm giving it a strong buy it. I really, really enjoyed reading it. And even though I found the second story a little confusing at times, in the end, I was able to, to you know, bring it home. Here's so. where I stand here. It's by no fault of this book that it's as late as it is, and there was a relaunch where the entire DC universe was restarted. What do you mean it's no fault of this book? That's not this book's fault. I'm saying the fact that it came out late is its fault, but that in and of itself, (laughs) if you look at the Batman Incorporated story that Grant Morrison was writing, this is an excellent ending to the first chapter. It was fun. It was wacky. It was metaphysical. It was Silver Age. It was really metaphysical. Everything we've come to expect from Grant Morrison, I loved it. The fact that it came out as late as it did in this format threw me off so much. I mean, we spent weeks on this show going, get over it. They're restarting the universe. Get over it. Well, here's a glimpse back and whatever they Well, like. okay. Well, I mean, I, it totally screwed me well, up. Well, I agree with you in some regard. The other regard is it's a comic. And at the end, you just kind of have to give in to it let a me finish, bit. Let me finish my thought. That's where I ended up. Yeah. I, while I was reading it, I was just like, ah, oh, man, this is it's just too weird. You know, this is taking me back. There's all this weird stuff. Like, I mean, spoiler alert, like Batwing gets straight up murdered. <laughs> no, no, I think he survives. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know. Sure seemed like he died. But I am giving this a buy it. it. I love the way Grant Morrison writes Batman. I love the art here. It. I think a lot of people may not have picked this up because they weren't sure what it was. Go out and pick it up. If you enjoyed the Grant Morrison Batman Incorporated stuff, pick this up. The real question will be whether or not Batman Incorporated Volume 2 is reworked to fit into the new 52. It's going to have to be, right? So, but time will tell. It's gonna For now, have to as be. a one-shot, as an end cap to a previous year's worth of stories, I totally agree. Absolutely. 
So that is a double buy it for Witch Doctor the Resuscitation and a double buy it for Batman Incorporated. Let's call it a qualified double buy it. No, there is no asterisk in this in this review. Whatever. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> As always, we want to know your opinions of the comics we reviewed, so hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know how effeminate... Effeminate? Effeminate. And... And gassy. I get it. Yeah. But... Game <laughs> fart jokes, man. It's our bread and butter. <clears throat> let us know how effeminate and gassy our opinions really are. Toot our horn, Joe. Our, listen, don't get excited. Our next tweet also comes from Kush3, <laughs> who is tooting his own horn. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> he wants to know what's more delicious, barbecued sausage or pixelated sausage, which is the name of his podcast that he runs with his co-host, Henderson Man. Oh. Pixelated sausage. It's a video game podcast. By two dudes. It is the video game equivalent of the two-headed nerd. Great title. I love it. Yes. Check them out. They're on the internet somewhere. I was too lazy to look up the website. Well, and we're in a hurry. Now it's time for DJ and I to make the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, which doesn't even make any sense because a parsec is a unit of distance, not time. I'm proud of you but for if, knowing that. There you go. But if it sounded fast enough for George Lucas to use, then we'll use it too. While reviewing 10 comics in the ludicrous speed round. DC Comics presents Elseworlds 100-page spectacular. Somewhere in the last decade, the Elseworlds 80-page giant has become the Elseworlds 100-page spectacular. <laughs> I don't quite know how it's hit and miss like every anthology. I don't know if it's worth eight bucks, but I had some fun. Skim it. Fair enough. Aquaman number four. Uh, like I said, man, I love this book, and I love the end of the story. Aquaman was forced to make a really tough choice that we've never seen his character have to make before, and it's I true. liked it, man. And Ivan Rice, damn, that dude can draw a comic book. Buy it. Unwritten. 32.5. What uh, the hell? This is more about the secret cabal. Oh, this is the side story yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That uh, is plaguing Tommy Taylor, and I totally loved it. It's got, It had Gilgamesh. And we like the invention of the written language. It was really great, giving it a strong bite. American Vampire 22. This is the beginning of a new storyline featuring. Well, I don't want to give you any spoilers, but featuring a new character that I really like, and the art is super solid. And Scott Snyder is still nailing this one. Now, right? I love it. It takes place in the fifties. It was awesome. Buy it. Joe Hill's the Cape number three. Uh, this continues the story of kind of a evil wish fulfillment. What happens when a complete dirtbag gets superpowers? And it's brutal and vicious, and I cannot look away. Buy it! I Vampire, number four! See what I did there? Two vampire books in a row. This is the other vampire book that DC is doing that is not Vertigo. You know what? This book is fantastic. The art is great. The story is great. John Constantine shows up in this one and whoops a vampire's ass. I'm I loved a hard it. hard time believing you. I love it. Joshua Hill Thickelov, man. That guy is a badass. Buy it! Alright. Justice League, number four. I really love this book. I know it's kind of a slow build, but this issue, the whole team is together. They got me here, too. Cyborg is totally crazy. He's got great powers. That said, there's a two-page spread where Darkseid, like, explodes the ground. Yeah. And it is really poorly drawn. I didn't, I don't love the redesign of Cyborg. He looks fine. You know what? I don't love I'm it. I'm giving it a strong buy it, except for that really weird page with Darkseid on it. Yeah, it was weird. Supergirl, number four. Man, this book is so good. This book is so much better than Superman. I am really enjoying this one, and we've finally introduced, like, Supergirl's nemesis, and he's legitimately scary, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Buy it. Avengers number 20. I'm ready for Bendis to leave. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep, this issue had some really fun moments, but overall, I could care less about the upteenth return of Norman Osborn. Eh? Both books are dealing with this. I'm so sick of it. I'm giving it 
leave it. Wow. Key of Z, number four. Uh, you know what? I I love this book. It's it's a little it's, overwritten, it's but not I, bad. Don't, I don't mind it. The art is really solid. The story is a lot of fun. I want to see where it goes. It's a mean and nasty zombie book. Buy it. I like it too. Buy it. Thumb. That is your ludicrous speed round. And thumb is the sound of the Red Hulk stomping on Norman Osborn's hologram projector that Joe Patrick no longer gives a crap about as last seen in Avengers I said it had great moments. Now we once again invite you to join us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where the steam rising from the cauldron of the cosmos will reveal to us the immutable mysteries of next week's comics. Matt, share your secret knowledge with us. I'm excited for The Lone Ranger, number one, from Dynamite, written by Andy Parks, with art by Esteve Poles. This isn't the same team that was doing the Lone Ranger book that I loved, which was Brett Matthews, and I can't remember the artist's name. Some other guy. Talented other guy. But I'm excited for this one. Pick it up. Joe, what will you be reading? Next week sees the release of Fatal Number 1, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's another crime noir series you're this ki- time you're kidding me from Ed Brubaker <laughs> this time from Image but what this what sets this apart from a book like Criminal is that there seems to be some sort of supernatural or science fiction element at play and I can't wait to find out weird what's in store as always we want to know what you nerds are excited for next week so make sure and hit us up on our Facebook page and tell us what you're going to be reading but now it's time for us to take a look it's in a book. Where this week, Joe Patrick and I are talking about Who is Jake Ellis? Volume 1 from Image Comics. Who is Jake Ellis? The trade paperback. The trade paperback. <laughs> Here's your solicitation. The multiple sellout miniseries Newsrama calls a modern noir package that is not to be missed. And MTV couldn't put it down. I don't even believe those jerks actually read comics. John Moore... There is a, mer- is a nerd at MTV I that's know. in charge of their not comic Not as bald MTV's paying him. I, I get it. John Moore is a mercenary spy on the run, protected only by Jake Ellis. A man invisible to everyone except John. What? I loved the premise of this. <clears throat> Me too. And like, I had no idea when I was getting into when I picked it up. I picked it up because it was already sold out at, at Diamond, and I write a speculator's column or whatever. And I was like, ah, you know what? I'll grab one, see if it's any good. Image is pretty good at this stuff. This book knocked me flat. This was so much fun. Nathan Edmondson, who is a relative newcomer, he's a, he hasn't done a whole lot yet. He popped up. He's writing Grifter for DC right now. Which, and The Activity. Which I don't love. He also wrote last week's The Activity, which I did love. That was a lot of fun. It's very good. He has this very compressed storytelling style, almost like the same way that Steven Soderbergh makes a film where... When we jump into the action, sometimes it's in the middle of a conversation, or sometimes it's like in the middle of a thought. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it just picks up in media res, as and, they say. And we're all learning along with the main character what is going on. And basically, we have a mystery set up where the main character opens his eyes, and there's another person that only he can see helping him. Uh, yeah, Jake Ellis, and he's kind of a phantom, and he's guiding John Moore. Uh, you know, telling him to duck or go into this building or turn down this hallway, you know. And John and has been on the run for a while. Yeah. This story picks up like, we don't I even... I think it's a couple of years. Yeah, we don't know how long, but he's basically been living as a criminal ever since he escaped from this mysterious facility. facility. Uh, I really liked the opening scene. It, it, overall, the story is very exciting. Uh, and I really liked the opening scene where 
they kind of introduce the concept and it looks like Moore is talking to himself as he's dealing with yeah. these Russians or whoever they yeah. are. And then they replay the events and show how Jake Ellis is there. Oh yeah, the opening scene where he's like he's having drinks and it looks yeah, like and he's, he's like, talking to himself. Fire your gun through the bottle so it explodes and then run away and then yeah. dive off the pier. And so he's saying all these things and the Russians are like, "What? <laughs> Who are you talking to?" And then it rewinds and it shows Jake Ellis talking this, to him, like phantom, this ghostly yeah, he's figure. Kind of he has no faceless, eyes, yeah, yeah, featureless. And but through the story, we we see John and Jake working mm-hmm. together, but Jake is slowly trying to guide John back to the mystery of this facility, of where they came from, mm-hmm. of why they're bonded together. And Jake, John, pardon me. Don't don't spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything, yeah. but he wants very little to do with it. Well, the thing is, is that we don't know until the very end of the story mm-hmm. uh, whether or not John is crazy and Jake Ellis is just a figment of his imagination. Right. I am not going to tell you which way the story goes. But it, there are. But you go the whole thing with John Moore going. You're Listen, wondering. who you're nothing but a figment of my imagination. So whatever. But it becomes apparent that there's something else going on when they start to when he starts to have tension between this figment of right, his they imagination have, they and him. Like, fights. no, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> it, the way this is drawn, I've got. Hold on. Let me look up the pronunciation. Nathan Edmondson actually tweeted me and gave me the pronunciation of the artist. <laughs> and I'm going to nail it because I guarantee hold you on, no on. one else is doing I'm it. I'm going to give it a crack real quick while you look it up. Okay. <clears throat> Tonchi Zonjig. How close How close was I? Bad. Yours was bad. This is according to Nathan Edmondson. Tonchi Zanich. Now, <laughs> I, I have been a fan of this artist. Uh, he did some stuff for Marvel a couple years back. Let's call him Tonch. Sure. Okay, Tonch. Our boy Tonch. Uh, he drew a book called Heralds, and then he also drew a book called <clears throat> Marvel Divas. <laughs> and it was all about Firestar getting breast cancer. Yeah. And I read every issue. I did not. And it was totally great. Anyway, his art here. It's totally great. I defy you to I think otherwise. I don't know. His art here, much like the storytelling, completely compressed like there is it's i mean there's very little detail it is action it is all action and motion oriented that said the storytelling there's nothing wasted no is what you mean that's what i'm saying and it's just really well crafted and part of it is the script and part of it is the art uh there's a scene in chapter two it's one of my favorite scenes in the book where uh john moore is running away from some bad guys and he runs into some tall grass. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets down in this tall grass as these guys are chasing him. And then there's a page of like silent panels of action. Yeah. Even like the gunfire is silent. And that is such a well executed adrenaline rush. Beautifully paced. Moment. Yeah. And I, I really loved that scene. Even more so than his art, the color that he does in this book. Because it, it's almost black and white. It's a lot of black and a lot of grays, but there's splashes of color. It's it's got it's it is in full color. Right. It's just that the palette is very limited. Very monochromatic. Right. It, it, it's it's not monochromatic in the way like the original Casanova was, where no, it was no, no, black no. and white and then a spot color. It's it is like, like there's black a, and gray there's or a scene red in and the, gray. In the third issue we keep saying the third issue the third part of the trade paperback yeah where he's in a nightclub and he's walking through because it's very noisy and no one can spy on him and he can talk out loud to his imaginary yeah. friend and no one will notice but like there's a 
two panels that where the color goes from like green to bright blue to yellow and it like overrides the art and it gives this perfect feeling it's that true they're in this nightclub it, the, setting oh it's the just color, gorgeous yeah the color is the palette is limited and the color is muted but it's done in such a way that it's not murky no and they never. perfectly match every scene that was something I made a note and I actually like scoured the book for any mention of a a colorist and there is none. It's just him. I, I think. think it's Tanch. I think it's Tanch, man. Laying it, it down. It's masterfully drawn. It's a beautiful looking it, it book. It works so well with the writing style, too, because it it made the character John look really desperate. And he was always in a hurry, and his hair was messed up, and he was constantly it's running. True. Well, you know, a, a little bit more about the art. I really liked the way each character looked distinctive and maintained that look throughout the whole series. The design of John Moore, he's got this kind of broad flat face. Yeah, he's sort he's of not, Bruce Willis looking. He's not ugly. Sort of young Bruce Willis. But it's distinctive. Yeah. And Tanch succeeds in making like even quote unquote normal, I mean these are spies we're talking about. Right. But he makes these normal people look interesting uh, you know, without having to wear superhero costumes. Right. And I just really appreciated the, the design, the overall design of this book. And like you said, nothing is wasted here. And nothing is spoon-fed to you either. It's like we you slowly pick up on the mystery as to what's really going on. And the end is so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Such an excellent end. And they, it's also left open, so it, there there's could a, be more to this. There's a hint of more, and I really hope there oh, is more. I'm killing for more. I really hope. But, like, nothing is spoon-fed. They do such a great job of letting you just be pulled through the story, much like the main character, learning bits and pieces with him. This is a masterful book. I loved it. I can't I can't give this higher praise. I Buy absolutely the hell agree. out of this one. I agree. And you know, when we talk about how disappointed we have been with Grifter, it's on the strength of this book. Yeah, it's not necessarily the Grifter is a bad book. And I feel that I'm maybe excited. it's not necessarily all Edmondson. He's no. working for a corporation and they've got their own ideas. But when Edmondson is cut loose, he does it here, he's doing it in the activity. The man is a really good yeah, writer. I can't wait for more from this and guy. And I hope that there is more Jake Ellis. I give it a very strong buy it. Next month, we'll be reviewing Craig Thompson's latest graphic novel, Habibi. 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 And it's huge. So hopefully Joe Patrick can get it read in time. If Wish you want, me luck. If you want to read along with us, please do so. It and took l- me six weeks to read Infinite Kung Fu. <laughs> Let us know what you thought about Who is Jake Ellis at our Facebook page. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for the two-headed nerd this week and for the year of 2011. We did it! Happy New Year if you're listening to this on Sunday, nerds. If you did comic podcasts that aren't worth CBR mentioning, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, where your star ratings are awesome, but written reviews will make those punks at CBR think twice about stemming us next time. If you want to prove your love for our show, click our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com and know that your donation in any amount makes our nether regions tingle with holiday joy. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, like our Twitter handles, links to Ask a Nerd, where you can ask any of your comic-related questions, and ask for reading suggestions from the comic pushers. Also, don't forget to send us your submissions for the THN Mascot Contest. The winner will be voted on by you guys, and the new mascot will be featured on the new and improved TwoHeadedNerd.com, coming soon from Paid Professionals. Turns out my man DJ was in over his head. If that's not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query, next week, will be our first very special THN, the year in review show, where we'll be talking about our favorite comics and creators of 2011 
and handing out the prestigious Golden Beppo Awards. That's right, buddy. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, let us know your favorite writer, artist, and series over at our Facebook page for the THN Listener's Choice Awards. That's right. It's just like the Teen Choice Awards, only with more Justin Bieber. Before we go, <laughs> our weekly shout-out goes to our new friends at the Death of Comics podcast, who also weren't good enough to get mentioned by the Muckety Mucks at CBR.com. Word to you, Ryan, Trent, Alex, and Kyle. And until There's more ne- of them. There's like a whole army of those dudes. But, and until next time, true believers, Twitter update. Twitter update. Our final Twitter update of 2011 comes from our biggest fan, Aaron Myers, who says, Thanks for week after week giving me my fix of comic news and analysis and making me lol over Spider-Man and OMAC jokes. Aww. It's here, man. I know. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Happy New Year, Aaron. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off for the final time in 2011. Happy Happy New New Year, Matt. Happy New Year, DJ. I hate you.